The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. Joining me today on the panel are Thomas Sanjuro. Hi, Thomas. Hey, Dom. How's it going? Very well, thank you. And Father Michael Gossett. Hi, Father Michael. Hi, Dom. Good to be here. It's good to have you back. So uh, this is the first time the three of us have been together since the Apple announcement. Thomas, I'm going to assume that you are still not an Apple iPhone user. I am, and the Spider phone is not making me interested. Because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> of all the eyes? Is that what it is? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Father Michael, uh, I know you're an Apple, uh, an iPhone guy. Did, have you ordered the new iPhone? No, not this time. I just, okay. I don't see it, but I did order a an Apple Watch for the first time ever. So, <laughs> oh, good, uh, good. <laughs> that did happen. Yeah, I I love the new always on Apple Watch. That's some that's in the you know in the future for me. I've got a Series One, so it's getting kind of old. Uh, I did order the uh, the new iPhone. My iPhone is a couple years old, so I I felt like it was it was time, and uh, it's coming on Friday. Unfortunately. I had already scheduled an apple picking day. I'm not I'm aware of the irony by the way of this. An apple picking day with my family on Friday. And so I'm not sure what's going to happen. I I don't think they leave the packages and frankly, you know, if you're listening to this and you want to come you're going to come to my house and steal it, it's not going to be there, so don't worry. Uh but so I think I'm going to have to wait till Monday to actually have them come back with it or something. I'm I'm kind of annoyed <laughs> at that. But, uh, but you know, first world problems. My my favorite part of the, the this new announcement were all the memes about the many uh, cameras. Yes. On all the things. And I saw so my favorite one was a, uh, a, a, a phone case that looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger holding a rocket launcher. And then the rocket launcher was the, the four cameras. So there's a lot of good stuff coming out with that. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and as you're listening to this, uh, the show releases on uh, Thursday. That's the day that iOS 13 will be coming out, and uh, Apple Arcade comes with it. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that in f- some future episodes. I, I hope uh, our experiences with perhaps Apple Arcade and the other was it worth it or that sort of thing. So uh, lo- there'll be lots to talk about in the weeks to come, at least uh, with regard to Apple stuff. So, but so that's that's uh, that's it for the uh, Apple stuff this week. I do want to move on to this other story, and it's actually several stories, but it starts with a story that's actually really local to me. Um, I live in Massachusetts. I live south of Boston. And the next town over for me is the town of Braintree. Yes, Braintree is a funny name for people who aren't from around here. I, I, I get that. Um, it's the town that actually that uh, John Adams lived in when he was uh, before he was president during the Revolutionary War. But uh, so now there's a revolution. A- Amazon is opening a new local distribution warehouse in that town. And there's there's a huge to do over the fact that there's going to be a lot of these Amazon vans driving in and out of that place all day long. And and the neighborhood, the people in the neighborhood are worried uh, that it's going to take over, that they're going to have to deal with 
It's a 250,000 square foot facility. That means there's going to be tons of stuff going in and out. And it's not just UPS and, and actually FedEx doesn't, is going to even stop delivering Amazon soon. It's all these Amazon vans. Uh, so people are a little worried about that. And, and I was thinking like, this is part of a larger issue of, of real world congestion on the roads and potentially in the air and on our sidewalks from robots and all this other stuff. And uh, I thought we could talk a little bit about the, the, the implications of this. Uh, what do you guys think of this? Is this just a natural, uh, you know, something we have to deal with in, in, in our modern era if we want the conveniences that we have? Uh, or, or is it actually, are we looking at it the wrong way? What, what do you think of this, Thomas? Um, I think uh, this is a problem that, that grocery stores have had for a long time. And uh, you look at... Uh, and not just grocery stores, just any brick and mortar store has had this problem for a very long time. So you look at, at companies like Books a Million and Barnes and Noble, um, <clears throat> who kind of died because of uh, Amazon, because Amazon beat them to the uh, online punch. And they didn't have to. They could have gotten to that online delivery service, the, um, the electronic service uh, earlier. And uh, Walmart's uh, struggling with this right now, too, where they have the, the curbside pickup of groceries or they've been contemplating delivery services from Walmart stores and things like that. And it's always getting that connection to the customer that's been an issue. And Amazon has figured it out, sort of. And <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, the, the delivery van uh, thing, there's a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of moral issues with the way that they're that they're treated and the, the amount of uh, work that they have to do and the amount of money they make. But um, <clears throat> same with the Ubers and all of that kind of stuff. It, it, but it's a really interesting problem that that's being solved here. And I think that if we keep trying to solve it with technology, we'll be OK. But if we keep just trying to brute force it and just say, well, let's just put more cars on the road and right. uh, things like that, that's where the problem's going to come in. Right, because we've always had, you know, pizza delivery cars and UPS trucks and, and you know, newspaper delivery guys, and, you know, that sort of thing. But now we've got, you know, the all of these Amazon contractors and we've got Uber Eats and DoorDash and, and, and all of these other services, you know, running around both the suburbs and the urban areas. Uh, and and now, now they're talking about um, dr uh, robots. On sidewalks making deliveries, like so, you gotta you're gonna be dodging these robots on the street, and they got robots in the grocery store and drones, make you know flying through the air. I mean, think of the the noise, the the constant noise of drones just flying everywhere all the time. Uh, Father Michael, what do you think about this? Uh, you know, is this just gonna drive us crazy? I think it it gradually may. Um, I think it's kind of a result of just the the real consumer culture that we live in that. Um, Say, like, I want an iPhone or for real life example, I want an Apple Watch and I ordered one mm -hmm. and I just pressed click. But it sets into motion all these different things uh, from delivery and packaging all the way back to probably someplace in China where they're digging up the, the materials to make these things. Uh, and I think just with a lot of these things, Amazon, same day delivery and Uber Eats and all this stuff, it's super convenient and really, really nice, like when you're. When you're using it, I think of the times I've been in Europe and Uber just like saves you. It's so easy and so quick. Um, but but it's easy to think, well, I'm the one doing this. I'm the, this only involves me. But when you put millions of people right. making these choices again and again and again every day, it's going to have more and more of an effect. And I don't know if we'll notice until it's kind of 
all it's and maybe it's too late maybe it is already there and uh i, I don't know if there's a like a clear a clear way forward uh without some sort of overall plan that probably we won't all buy into right i mean yeah. i think about there's a moral component to my decision to you know i've i have a, i have an amazon prime membership i buy something and i say yeah sure send it for free in two days you know like Oh, is it going to show up on a Sunday? Does that mean some guy's going to drive that van to my house on a Sunday and work? Mm. Uh, although, frankly, yeah. you don't have a choice many times. It's like either I get it two days. If I order on Friday, it's going to be here Sunday or in two weeks. You know, mm -hmm. it's like. Right. And 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 it's like, yeah, you, you, there's not a there's not a middle ground there. And there's right. there's not a there's, there's not, not a button that says Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want it delivered on Sunday. I would like it here on Monday. Or then, um, you know, and there's some of them where they'll offer you something special if you uh, if you don't take the prime deal, which I like. I like that concept. Like, OK, we'll offer you this gift card or this uh, credit to your store or something like that. But um, I think that it's it's funny because we, we my family's gotten into the good place and we've been watching the good place. Yep. So don't want to do spoilers. So if you're watching the good place and you're not caught up all the way to where we are right now, skip ahead uh, a minute or two. Three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Years. Uh, but there's like this, there's this moment where they, they realize that the, the, the system is actually counting every single choice and all of its possible repercussions back to the, you know, where the, the material is sourced from. And it's just impossible in the modern age to keep up with uh, the morality of every single thing that we do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, right. You could drive yourself crazy trying to do the moral thing in every circumstance. We, there was actually that funny episode where there was this one guy, Doug, I think it was, who was trying to do the moral thing and consider every implication. And he was paralyzed, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I, I just saw a meme today. It's like, no, if, if you think your vegan leather is is actually more moral than regular leather. What do you <laughs> think that vegan leather is? It's plastic, which is oil mm -hmm. yeah. all of the the environmental effects that oil has so you're right i mean it, you can't you, you could drive yourself crazy trying to get become the most moral in every choice but of course there are there are better choices than others and you and everyone has to make that decision for themselves um one of the one of the things that um they mention is that in that we i hear complaints about locally all the time is the effect that Waze, the driving app has on neighborhoods that are kind of on the on the edges of our of the city so so for boston i'll just use boston example because i know it we have, there's a huge number of people who drive their cars into the city every morning and drive their cars out and i was one of them for a long time and i would use ways and ways would do okay so this traffic you could take this alternate route and it's and you know you just follow it. You don't know where you go, and this could be driving all of us to perdition somewhere in the middle of nowhere, where you know we will die. But we're all following it. So you follow the line, and it takes you through neighborhoods and down these little streets. And people started complaining, like we've got all this traffic down our little road that you know that didn't used to be here, and it's the fault of these apps. It's the apps, and I'm just trying to get to home to my family a little faster, and not you know sit in traffic for three hours. I don't know what you know. What's the right thing there? Should I not be doing that? It's it's kind of hard yeah. to say. Yeah, I think the temptation is to go to the complete opposite extreme. Is just like we need to get rid of this technology and uh, just live right. a simplified life. But like, is that really possible for most of us? It's yeah, it's gonna be really difficult. And uh, finding that like kind of like with the Amazon delivery, finding that middle ground 
is not always really an option that uh, you kind of were, were along for the ride in a lot of ways. I've seen some of these uh, off the grid YouTubers, you know, they have a YouTube channel about how they're living off the grid. And I'm thinking to myself, how are you actually off the grid if you have a YouTube channel? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they're, oh, we're going out there. We're getting away from all this stuff. And you can come along with us on our YouTube channel. We have these great videos and you can watch along. Like, um, you're not really off the grid. It, it's just, it, yeah, it's it's kind of a, it's, I, I, when I bring this up, I, I know that we're not going to have a solution, but it's it's a conversation that I think needs to be had uh, on a regular basis that cut, that we need to cut through the emotion of it and the hype and the politicians and others and uh, and activists who are trying to use it as a springboard for their own platform. But we all need to kind of look at this and say, what what is what kind of world do we want to live in? And what kind of rules do we want to have to govern that world to make our lives better, all of our lives better? And, and I think there's there's room for us to do that without being martyrs for a cause or anything like that. And it's, you know, it's, it's about talking about our own our own self-interest in in the situation where we go to these corporations and say, hey, I appreciate that you're getting into things fast, but could we like do it ethically too? Could we, right. you know, try and treat our, our drivers with respect? Could we try and make sure that uh, these congestion issues are taken care of by having one driver do as many possible stops as they can come up with a tech solution. You know, I mean, you're Amazon for crying right. out loud. Figure this out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I think they're trying to with things like drone technology and other stuff, but that, uh, like I said, introduces its own issues. I mean, maybe we, maybe we, they will push them to develop quiet drones, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still going to have these things zipping through your neighborhoods mm-hmm. overhead all the time. So I don't know. Maybe they have to follow the streets. They, I mean, there, there's going to be some some work to try to figure out how to make this stuff fit into our lives instead of fitting our lives to them. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I think about with this is, you know, yeah, sure, having all these vans driving around delivering pr- pr- uh, packages may not be great. But maybe that's better than everyone hopping into their cars to drive to the store every every day to get stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, with all those other cars that'd be on the road, how many cars is that van keeping in its driveway or off the road? I mean, that so right. that so I, you know we weigh things. Yeah, that's that's the the ride sharing apps are all you know that's that's right. their angle for it is that yeah yeah we have this one car that's going a lot but it's five cars that are off the road because this one car can go as much as it is. Mm. I, I have seen uh, some, some people talking about like self-driving cars uh, that maybe we'll have a day where you own a self-driving car and, or, or, or not, but let's, let's say let's first like with the own a self-driving car, it's when you're not actually using it, you can designate it as sort of like auto Uber, like automatic Uber where mm. You say, I need the car at this time, but in between, it can be used as a auto-driving Uber sort of thing. And it goes off and takes... And so that's one less car that's out there. Or the other thing is, is to not own a car at all and then subscribe to this service where every time you need a car, you just call one and it comes and picks you up and drives you there. And that sort of thing. I mean, and those sorts of things could be better because that means fewer cars on the road and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, maybe that's the way to do it, but... Uh, it it's it bears talking about and and frankly I loved uh, I'm gonna put the link to the uh, original Boston Globe story about the Amazon versus the town over the uh, you know the 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 um, delivery vans driving through town and and the congestion just to get to so that folks can have an idea of what it is that they're talking about there and what people are afraid of but I'd love to hear from 
from listeners about you know what you think about this and how you deal with the the these questions of is it you know should I be causing more people driving or or not I mean that's so that's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing that we I think we all think we should think about something sort of related to this I don't know if you guys saw that uh, SpaceX is trying to buy a little town near their Texas rocket facility yes um, and it's kind of that they started there they're they're doing their work and and it says they didn't realize what a what a disruption it would be to the residents to have a spaceport next to their town. Um, but they're trying to just buy everybody's property. I think it's a good example of like, there are always casualties. Like we want spaceships, we want amazing delivery and all these things, but the, it always affects somebody. And sometimes there's no easy way around that. Uh, besides just trying to make it more, just more, uh, less of a disruption than for the people that are involved. Right. Right. You know, it is interesting with a lot of this technology that we don't necessarily all have to live in these big groupings like we do. I mean, the, if you if you telecommute, you could live further away from cities. You don't have to be on the roads. And I mean, I would frankly love to live, you know, in a place in a less expensive place. I live where I do. It's because, mostly because of family right now, actually, frankly. But, you know, I'd love to live in a place slightly less expensive, uh, and at which I could. Um, because what I do is just online. If I have an internet connection, I can do it. Uh, but um, th- I think those days are coming when mm-hmm. people can people won't have to live in such high concentration. That will help with some of this. Although it means that you know, if you live out in the middle of nowhere, maybe you don't get Uber Eats and DoorDash, and uh, you know, you, maybe you don't get Prime right away. So it's this all those trade offs, I guess. I, I actually like the idea that we might concentrate more and people can live in larger buildings, but not have to be not have to go quite so far to get the things that they need. So mm. you have a lot of those things built into the building and they get larger deliveries of the things that the people in the building need. Right. And kind of move that direction. I, I think that would be a really good solution to the problem. What did SimCity call those buildings? Uh <laughs> Agro something or others. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Now. <laughs> yeah. There's I mean, solutions already there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're essentially city, like a city within a building, right? I remember right. that. Yeah, and, and and that's that's an interesting idea, and you're starting to see some of that in in cities where they, they call it, you know they they've, they've called them mixed use development, but but really more than that, where people live, you know, in certain floors, there's shops and restaurants and other floors, and even. B- businesses that they could potentially be working at in other floors um I, I i like the idea of people going outside of the buildings too like this so it's not just in in one building but uh but i i see your point like if we can concentrate that make cities livable i think that's mm-hmm. a big part of it makes it right. um, a lot more pleasant places to live mm-hmm. um but when you concentrate it then you don't have to spread out all that stuff all over the 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 suburbs and stuff like that but i i think that's an interesting idea all right, so uh, why don't we move on to our the second part of our show, and we w- want to talk about this. Uh, there's a bunch of headlines that we've I've been kind of collecting over the last few, uh, few weeks that I, I want to kind of go over. Um, one of them is this interesting story that says that um, the FBI, no, I'm sorry, the Customs and Immigration Enforcement, or Immigration and Customs Enforcement, I got it backwards, ICE. Um, has been investigating illegal ex- exports of a particular gun scope. So a physical device that attached to a gun, a scope for shooting far away. Um, this particular scope that they're investigating 
connects to a smartphone or a tablet via Wi-Fi so that you can watch what the scope is pointing at from your phone or your iPad, and then it helps you calibrate it or something like that. So the 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 technology aspect of this is that the, the Department of Justice has filed a court order demanding that Apple and Google turn over data, data, sorry, I'm from Boston, data <laughs> on uh, 10,000 users of the Obsidian 4 app, that which is the gun owners who own, who or, or, or let me back up, not just gun owners, but anyone who's downloaded this app, right. whether they've actually are users of the, of the scope, whether they bought the scope or not, but this this is a as you know essentially a fishing expedition by the Department of Justice, and people are kind of ticked because this is you know the, these ten thousand people have not done anything wrong. Uh, I mean all, all I mean I've downloaded apps just to check them out and then delete them a few minutes later to because I was curious about them. Uh, what do you think of this? What do you think of this fishing expedition? Uh, as I tell you that in a in a, <laughs> in a, in a, in a, in a coloring the 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 question, but uh, what do you think? I think it's kind of bad form on everybody's part. First off, to be asking for this information uh, because it's not. I, yes, I understand that there is a, a legal issue, but there are other ways to pursue the legal issue, and and they should be pursued that way. I was just reading an article this week about. Um, about the importance of making sure that we don't use uh, the ability to wiretap uh, basically uh, technology stuff because it's so much easier to just build in back doors and building in a back door is, is much more easily abused than the concept of getting a warrant, physically tapping a wire on a phone and actually having to have multiple people involved in the situation to make it happen. Uh, you know, so it's, this is one of those things where it's like because the stuff is all from a single corporation or from a couple of small, uh, a couple of small, a, a concentrated uh, area of, of corporations. Uh, it's too easy to just say, hand us this information and have it be handed over and no problems. Right, right. Father Michael, what do you think? Yeah, I think particularly with when it comes to these, uh, just the our digital lives that so much is tied together. And I feel like once. Once you allow the the a little breach and kind of say, well, yeah, we we demand this to be handed over and we have to look into this, you can get into so much more in it. And it it yeah, it just feels like not just a fishing expedition, <clears throat> but uh, inc an incredibly incredibly slippery slope of uh, what what it takes to to be considered potentially guilty of something. Right, and like you said, that uh, these people have done nothing wrong. Uh, and it, yeah, it just seems like when it comes to our, our online or digital life, it seems very easy to say like, well, it's, it's not that big of a deal, but for all of us, it's all connected. Our banks are connected. Our mm. personal mm -hmm. lives are connected. Uh, and once you get in there, it's, it's all just a free for all. Yeah. What they wanted was telephone numbers and IP addresses. Telephone number identifies the user. IP address potentially identifies, well, no, definitely identifies where you were because an IP address belongs to like your internet service provider who knows at this point it was being used by this person whose, whose billing address is this one, you know? So it's location data and identifying information. And the other part of this is they were, they tried the justice department screwed up, but they tried to make it secret. That's the other half of this is they were doing this fishing expedition and they were going to, 
slap a gag order on them for it. I mean, I it just it's very fr- frustrating. I, I like you know to enforce the law and prevent bad people from doing bad things. I'm all in favor of that. But this, I mean, it, it should you should, yeah. this is goes too far. Well, it's it goes back to you know when you say you have nothing to hide. If you have nothing to hide, you shouldn't worry. But here's the problem: is that um, let's say let's say these uh, scopes weren't being sold illegally under the on the black market, but that this was a sting operation, and that one of these organizations had started selling the thing illegally on purpose in order to get people to download this uh, app and then to go in to try and gather this information from. I can see that happening. Right. I mean, that's a very that's a completely justifiable situation to have occurred. Uh, books have been written about much less than that, so uh, I don't know. I th- I think it's a I think it's really it's a it's a, a a very slippery slope to go down. But then at the same time, you know, what is this app doing? There's so many questions. There's so so many questions. Right. And it's such a wild west where people are are willing to say, well, if you don't have anything to hide, you shouldn't worry. But everybody has something to hide. And that's not necessarily saying you're doing something bad, but your banking information is something that you hide. You Mm -hmm. don't give it to everybody. You don't wear it on your shirt. (laughs) We all actually have things we want to hide. You don't take a picture of your credit card and put it on social media. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Really bad idea. (laughs) And the things I say to to my wife in the privacy of our home, that's something I that is not public. That is private. We all have private information, mm-hmm. and and we should and we should be feel safe in it. So right. I agree. So uh, the next headline is uh, uh, regarding the Equifax breach. Uh, so Equifax is a cr- credit service, and they had a breach, an historic breach, because they're all historic, I suppose. But uh, a few years ago, they revealed that uh, they that hundreds of millions of people were affected by this breach potentially. And so they had a settlement with the federal trade commission where you could, if you were one of the affected people, you could either take free credit monitoring service for four years or a check for 125 bucks, which do you think most people chose? (laughs) (laughs) So it, it, uh, it's so first just want to check. Did either of you, um, were either of you affected? Do you want to say, uh, you know, or did you, submit your name to for the settlement you don't have to say if you don't want to but uh, i did not no okay i i actually wasn't affected because no. um i do not have a credit score nor have i ever had a credit card so <laughs> of course. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the very very few people in the united states that can say i was not affected by the equifax hack period uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> excellent well i was um which i don't know what affected i was potentially one of the people whose information was stolen uh, but of course, I'm one of the lucky people who've been a- affected more than once, and so I already have credit monitoring uh, s- uh, from some other stupid company who doesn't know how to secure its data, <laughs> and so uh, I didn't need credit monitoring from Equifax. So I chose the hundred twenty five dollars. Well, it turns out that that hundred twenty five dollars is if not everyone asks for it. They were saying it'll be it's it's if everyone asks for it, then we have to you know divide it up the the the, the total settlement equally among the people, and so now most people are going to get far less money, and so this the an email just went out this week uh, or last week I think it was that um, reminded people of that, and then said uh, you, uh, that you're going to get a small percentage of that of initial money, and that then you're going to need to jump through another hoop. They need more data. Uh, 
more proof. <laughs> yes, because they've done such a good job of securing the old data, uh, they need more p- proof uh, that you deserve the pittance that they're going to send you. So, like, where where does it end? Where does it stop? I don't know. Uh, it's just uh, at this point, I just assume right now that my data is is out there. I mean, and I do yeah. what I can to protect myself, which is I have monitoring software i've you can you can lock your credit so that you, no one you, you you can't apply for credit unless you specifically contact them give them the secret code and they unlock it and then they lock it again after you've got it i mean you got to jump through hoops nowadays but um this is where this is where we are t- today um uh, thomas i think you've you've taken the better path in this <laughs> than <laughs> <Yes>. all of us <laughs> <laughs> stayed out of the whole thing said i'm not gonna play that game of course, there are limitations, uh, right? I mean, that uh, affects yeah. your ability well, it's, to do It's hard to things. buy a car. It's hard, you know, I'm, I, when we go to buy a car, we have to save up the money to buy a car. And, um, you know, if we ever want to rent or anything like that, it's a huge hassle to do any of that kind of stuff. But I figure if it's a huge hassle for me at the time that I'm purchasing something, it keeps me from purchasing a lot of things. And um, it also, you know, makes me more conscious about all of the things that I am doing on a consistent basis with my money. And I keep a record of it so that I can go and just lay a folder down in front of somebody and say, look, I pay all of my bills on time. I've done it for years. <laughs> yeah. so It's it's admirable. I, I, uh-huh. I, I kind of wish I had as a young man. I, I I had thought more about this, uh, and and that this might be something for a future topic is how to teach our kids financial responsibility, the sort of financial and privacy responsibility we've all had. Uh, we've all had to learn the hard way, perhaps. Oh, well, right. I have had to learn the hard way in my life. That maybe that would help them from from going down certain paths that I've gone down. Um, it's it's an in- interesting topic. I mean, maybe we maybe we should be teaching this. In schools, I mean, my kids. I'll, I'll certainly teach this to my homeschool kids, but maybe kids in school should be learning. They they used to teach like home economics, which was uh-huh. how to keep a checkbook. But maybe we should be teaching things like you know cybersecurity and credit, uh, you know, good credit practices and practical. Kids stuff. are thirsty for it. All all yeah. the middle schoolers that I talk to, that's they want to hear about it. They it, really want to know. Interesting, uh-huh. very interesting. So uh, if you have not. Uh, Filled out your Equifax, folks. If you haven't filled out your Equifax settlement thing, uh, you know, uh, it might be worth the stamp that they send the envelope in. But, but you can be sure that the lawyers are getting their cut. <laughs> Don't worry about them. They're they're not losing any money. Uh, then another story is uh, Google. So here, the, the headline is Google finally confirms security problem for one and a half billion Gmail and calendar users. So. Here's here's what's behind it. So there was a problem in um, revealed way back in 2017 that there was a vulnerability in the Google Calendar app that let that, that potentially let someone steal a Google Calendar user's credentials or sign-in information, and you know, and that, that would give them access to your Google account, so your G, your Gmail, your all that stuff like that, and that. Um, it wasn't fixed until uh, this past summer, essentially, and that um, <laughs> one of the one of the parts of the story is how Google tried to claim that the revealing of this vulnerability was itself a violation of their terms of service, which is just I thought we were past that in this day and age, where companies' response to a revelation of a hole in their security was to attack the person. Letting everyone know that there's a hole in their security. I thought we were past that. Um, 
So that seemed weird. But uh, so the the whole process of how you could get this, you know, a, the, the, this attack on you and the, they could steal it. It's kind of involved. I don't want to go through the whole thing here, but um, it, it turns out that they've apparently fixed it. And uh, it, it, so um, I'm not sure that there's much to say beyond that. Um, I don't know if you guys had any insight into this this last headline or not. It it didn't make much of a stir in the um, defensive sec community where that I listened to a lot. So you know, people were kind of same as you. They were upset about the terms of service stuff with Google. Uh, the the hack itself was not particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. It was a little convoluted and depended a lot on luck. And uh, right. you had to get like the right combination of user and calendar going on. Yeah. Uh, and so it's bigger than a bigger than what hackers normally go for because it's too it's too uh, it requires too much luck that's really what it came down to it's like you just had to get lucky with the person you hit and yeah everything would be okay and work out but um but yeah i mean i i don't know there's it's upsetting that google's throwing the terms of service thing but i see why they are because they don't they, they didn't they didn't fix it for a long time right you know it, it and i get that it's low priority because we're not really worried about hackers using it but at the same time, if you leave it open for two years, somebody's going to find somebody to hit with it. So. Right. Somebody is going to fall for it. My my, I hate to say it. My mom would fall for it. For it. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> right. she, is an, she is an unsophisticated user. I, I, I've, I've talked about it recently, how I went to her phone and found like spammer or hacker profiles added to her iPhone because she's clicked on links and emails. Uh, it just and I just freak. I, I like I kind of lost it. Not on her, but like. I was like freaking out like her phone was full of these and I had to clear it because I was afraid of what data of mine she had access to that could end up being right. at risk. So, yeah, uh, which is a good reason, folks, to make sure that the that the people in your life besides, you know, tech savvy, you have good uh, security practices and privacy practices because. They have some of your data too. You just don't know it. We are, mm-hmm. we're all interconnected. Uh, what are and the... that's, that's always the way is that you, you have the one entry point and, and that one entry point is that one weak link. And then that from there as a hacker, your whole objective is to get that one entry point and then just move sideways from there. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like the thumb drive hack where you, uh, you leave the thumb drive labeled salary, uh, salary increases on the ground outside the office. Exactly. And so somebody exactly. takes, brings it in and plugs it into their computer. And now you've hacked into the network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> um, so the advice that they give for not just for Google calendar users, but also for Apple and Microsoft outlook users is uh, turn off the setting to automatically add invitations. So if like someone emails you in a, a meeting or calendar invitation, the default setting is to automatically add it to your calendar, not accept it, but just put it on the calendar waiting for you to accept it. Turn that off. <laughs> you yeah. Accept the invitation, then put it on your calendar for first. Don't do the put it on there. For, actually, I turned this off a long time ago because I was getting spam on my calendar mm-hmm. through this very route. Uh, and, I, right. and as soon as I, I started getting that, I'm like, oh, this is bad. That just potentially a disaster waiting to happen so and your calendar should, is something you you want your control over if you don't right. want to mess up your life oh my gosh just if, a little bit <laughs> can you imagine if your calendar became like your e- email box like the email inbox of say 
15 years ago before we had good spam filters. Yeah. I mean, just filled with junk. And I mean, do you, uh, show, do you guys ever delve into your spam folder to kind of make sure there's no false positives in there? To... Every, every once in a while. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. that's, I, I do not go to that place now. <laughs> I, I, I am very grateful to spam filters these days because every, I, I have to, I do have to occasionally go in there to look for uh, stuff because I, because I know stuff gets, gets caught in it. I find stuff every time I do. Um, and it's just, I, I, I don't, I don't believe that anybody falls for this anymore. Like yeah. there's some small, tiny percentage, as we just said, who are falling for it. But, oh my gosh, this like, it's the same junk. I had a, a good tip was sort the spam folder by subject because so many of them are the same subject and you yeah. can just mm. delete or ignore all those. That's what I think a lot of it is. It's not even that it's working anymore. It's just that it's like a necromantic, uh, email account that's like there <laughs> and still like you know zombie walking right. through uh it's it's through stuff it's the first Same ai cases. it's self-aware <laughs> exactly <laughs> there you go it's uh, that's where it comes from oh gosh yeah that's terrifying <laughs> all right so oh, so those are our our headlines uh this week so we uh, we run through a few of those and uh next week i i think there's an amazon event coming up soon uh google has uh, it's Pixel event coming soon. So there's a lot of hardware news coming. Um, we don't cover all, all, all the announcements just because, I mean, we're not, we're, you know, we're not The Verge or, you know, those guys, or Engadget or those guys. We're, we're, that's, not, that's not our beat. You know, we, what we're trying to do is we try to talk about stuff that maybe is, is again, most interest of the regular user, and we're doing it from a particular Catholic point of view. And so we'll, we'll hit the, the interesting hardware and other announcements that we think you'll enjoy. So, although if tech companies want to start sending us press badges, you know, <laughs> I, I will go to Cupertino if you'd like to invite me to your next event. I'm I'd be happy to sit in the Steve Jobs Theater. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd even clap. Uh, I, I know journalists aren't supposed to, but I'd clap. You know, <laughs> so, all right. This is Dom Bettinelli of the StarQuest Production Network, and we need your help. Over the past year, we've grown by leaps and bounds. Some of our podcasts, like Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, are among the most popular shows we've ever produced. But that success is in danger. Creating a dozen shows has caused our expenses to rise, and right now we aren't making ends meet. We must reach the financial break-even point if we're going to continue. If our reserves are depleted, we'll have to cut back many of our shows. We might have to shut down entirely. That's why it's crucial we hear from you right now please go to sqpn.com slash give and click the become a patron button to make your monthly pledge if you're already a supporter please consider increasing your pledge the need is urgent so please go to sqpn.com slash give that's sqpn.com slash give so let's move on to our uh picks of the week uh father michael why don't you start with you what's your pick of the week sure uh I picked for this week GroupMe, which is an app uh, sort of slash website uh, for group texting. And uh, it comes up in my life because I work in a high school and because of just the different policies for protecting minors. Like I'm not allowed to, to go texting minors and things like that, even in groups. And so GroupMe is a great way to communicate uh, where you don't see phone numbers. You, everybody's seeing everything. Um, and it's just, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I would do without it. Because when, we're, when you're planning things with high school students, you need to get that information out to all of them where they can see it. Uh, you can do polls and stuff if you're trying to figure out a, uh, a day to do something. You can send 
Uh, for example, we're planning a Kairos retreat at our school and we're designing a sweatshirt. And so the kids were just going back and forth with sweatshirt designs and voting on them and sending the new version. But yeah, GroupMe is a great way to handle that. And I have a bunch of different groups for all the different uh, organizations in the school. So if you're looking for a way to communicate that way, and particularly since we're coming from a Catholic angle, if you're uh, kind of like working within those policies that protect everybody, I think it's a pretty good way to do that. Could right. could you explain more how it protects you specifically than say like WhatsApp or one of those other apps? Yeah, at least for this one, uh, you you add you can add people by phone number, but you're not seeing phone numbers, um, and you're not individually messaging anybody. And I think that's the the particular thing is that rather than uh, just kind of texting their individual phones, you can all be within this app and you can kind of save the whole transcript of everything. And I think that's important too. Oh, okay. Yeah, being able to save the transcript, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. It does have direct messaging in it, but you know, you know, obviously you don't have to yeah. use that. Um, right. And it's, I it, would also recommend if you end up getting GroupMe, go ahead and turn the notifications off because it will drive you bonkers. <laughs> yes, I, I heartily agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Uh, and it's better than like WhatsApp or those other ones that uh, it's it, because it's it's because of this separation of the phone numbers and it's all in a, in a group. That's been my experience. And I, I haven't uh, I've never done WhatsApp with okay. uh, with anything like that. But of the couple of things like this I've used, this is the one I like the best. And the kids all have it is what it seems right. to be the oh, case okay. for their teams and different things. And so that really it works well. When you set up the groups too, uh, the users can add other users. So you don't even have to know the phone numbers of a lot of the people that are in the group. Oh, uh, um, good. Yeah. Excellent. All right. That's a good one. Uh, Thomas, what do you have for us this week? Okay. So mine's a, a tip of the week instead of a pick. Um, I, I was reading my popular mechanics. Yes, I still get the physical copy oh, of the magazine. One of the best magazines you know, out there. Comes in and I'm, I, I leaf through it and... The article that just really hit me was this article about factory resetting your phone. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the author made a strong point about he does it every month. Every month he resets his phone back to factory reset. And um, it inspired me. I did it the very next day. It was a pain. Um, it is a little bit of a masochistic process. You, uh, you are, you know, really... Uh, taking on a lot of effort there to reset your phone. But it also is like this cleansing moment of really looking back through which apps are really important. Uh, what, what do I use? What do I not need anymore? Um, and besides all of that, even if I ended up with a lot of that stuff back on my phone anyway, it's, it freed up a lot of space because there was just junk that had accumulated from all these things on my phone. Wow, that just sounds really painful. <laughs> <laughs> I well, mean, he, you know, he made the point that that, that a lot of your uh, passwords are already memorized by the online portion of your service, so right. you don't even have to really re-enter passwords. And I, that was my experience. Like, there were maybe two apps that I had to, you know, go back through and figure out what my password was for them, uh, but everything else just auto logged in. Well, so much is in the cloud. I mean, your all of your contacts are in the cloud. All of your mail is in the cloud. Yeah, uh, I have a password manager. You know, I, I mean, I, I you know, so w once you reinstall your password manager, you're you're halfway there, I suppose. Right. And, exactly. And, and yeah, I mean, I've I, I'll agree. I've got dozens of apps on my phone that I never use. And when my new phone comes on Friday, I'm, uh, you know, the 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 temptation is just to reload from the backup, and download right. all those apps again. 
um, but maybe yeah. not. Maybe that, yeah, that, and that was the rule here is you can't do it from a backup. You have to factory reset and then physically go through and reinstall everything. I, I have to say the last time I got an iPad, uh, I don't get iPads as often as I get new phones, but the last time I got an iPad, that's what I did is I, I started from scratch. I didn't, I didn't, you know, run from a back from an old backup of the previous iPad. I started just loading the apps I knew I would need and went from there. And I think, I mean, there's something to that. I know people who, who, when they buy a new phone, that's what they do. They, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't restore from backup. And maybe that's, I've had some lingering weirdness in my phones and I've always restored from backup. So maybe, maybe there's something to that. I like there you it. Go. I like it. Good idea. Uh, all right. My pick is an app called, I think it's called Picatext or Picatext. Uh, it, it, it depends on whether you have a graphic design background, I guess. But it's a it's a handy little thing. So here's what it is. Every once in a while, I encounter text in my computer that isn't copyable. You can't like select it, copy and paste it. It it, it it's uh, you know banks bank websites are notorious for this. Um, the iTunes app like some so by a little behind the scenes sometimes i want to copy like someone's written a review of our podcast if you want to go to the itunes podcast or apple podcast and write a review of secrets of technology i would really great greatly appreciate it and then i could copy it and i could show you how it works but uh, you can't copy the text in those reviews uh so here's what pica text does is it's it's a little app pops up on the screen and then uh you hit the button and it gives you a, a little selection cursor like you're taking a screenshot and all you do is drag that click and drag that over some text and it will extract it from the screen. It will read the screen and then paste it in its little box. And now it's copy, pasteable, editable, whatever. And you could, you know, copy and paste it somewhere else, wherever you want. It's very simple. Doesn't do a lot more than that. Uh, and it's a, it's a great little, it's, and it's really good at it. I mean, because most screen text isn't written in a standard font. You know, it's not, not some weird handwriting that it has to figure out what it, what it is. It's just a standard you know, uh, font. And so uh, it's a great little app. Does does a few little things. I'm trying to remember what the price is. Um, I don't see a price on their website, but uh, uh, it's either, it's either free or like a, like a couple of bucks, but if it were a couple of bucks, it'd be well worth it. It's four bucks mm-hmm. is what it is. Uh, well worth it. It's one of those little utilities that every once in a while, you're going to find a great use for. So I, I that's my recommendation. Pick, pick a text or pike a text, whatever it's called. All right. Uh, so I think that's that'll do it. Well, before we finish here, I do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create secrets of technology, including Daniel V, Christina H, Thomas A, Caleb F, and Nick S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What do you think of our discussion, uh, the, our discussion of real-world congestion caused by technology? Uh, we, we had some interesting discussion there, and also of the various headlines and even our picks of the week. You can let us know by visiting sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia. Or you can send us an email to technology at sqpn.com. You can find the links from our discussion as well as the links to our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. Remember to like the episodes of Secrets of Tech on Facebook and share them and retweet them 
We're on Twitter at, at SQPN. That helps uh, spread the news about the show and lets people know about it and helps the audience keep growing. We've been growing over the past few months, and we really do appreciate that, and we welcome all of our new listeners. So until next time, Father Michael Gossett, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you for having me. Thomas Interho, thank you as well. It was a pleasure being here. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. 